Hello and welcome back for another podcast episode of Acida Magazine. My name is Emre Schentürk, host of the show and founder of Acida Magazine. Today uh, I'm going to talk about religions because a very special month is starting today, which is the holy month of Ramadan. So let's get started. Today marks the first day of this year's fasting month um, within the Muslim world. A very special month um, for all uh, for all Muslims because for one month it means that yeah, from sunrise to sunset, no food, uh, yeah, no eating, no drinking is is allowed, and this can be a very challenging time, but it is also a very spiritual. Uh, spiritual time uh, for the Muslim world. Um, first of all, I wish all the Muslims in the world a peaceful and very thoughtful time. Uh, I hope um, that this reoccurring journey or experience with oneself is uh, this year also very fruitful uh, to all of you and um, yeah, bears very interesting insights and um, yeah, great feelings and kind of a community feeling um, that you have with your family and your friends during this time. Why am I talking about this? Why do I think it is important um, to touch upon the, the topic of religion? Is that when we think about the month of Ramadan, it is very interesting that so many people during that time show that kind of discipline and um, it hear the rules that are laid down in the Holy Quran and therefore it is very important to or it once again reminded me of how powerful um, spiritual thinking meaning uh, religions are and therefore I would like to um, yeah have a, a broader talk about um, what I think religions entail uh, what they mean what they can mean what they cannot mean and I think this is a very sensitive topic and discussion because yeah we kind of tie many emotions to our religious beliefs uh, to our religious thinking regardless of what it is and uh, oftentimes we tend to become aggressive sad and overly emotional when we think about um, religions but in classical acido fashion i would like to um, keep this yeah, keep this topic um, very technical. So I think um, there are some observations that can be made across a lot of um, or across all religions, and therefore I would like to discuss them and pick them up. Of course, and um, once again, you can uh, read also very important insights and many of the things that I'm going to talk about in greater depth. In my book, Devlet, um, actually one of the most important chapters is kind of based on the idea of religions and spirituality. And the reason for that is that we first of all needed a definition in order to kind of understand what religions are. When we think about certain topics, such as religions, we always have to uh, start with yeah the definitional basis, right? And the definitional basis for religions is kind of is kind of difficult because it is so emotionally loaded for a lot of people. 
I don't want to go through all the, the possible um, definitions there are for religions, but in my opinion, um, or according to my analyses, as you know, opinion is um, not very uh, yeah, suitable, it's not a very suitable word in this context. Um, according to my observations and to my analysis, religions are belief systems um, that kind of display societal rules and the cultural core of, of societies in a more structured manner. What do I mean by that? I mean, this is not a very textbook definition, of course, because there are a lot of other concepts that need clarification too. First of all, what is a society? And um, once again, um, in, in my book, I also explain the uh, differences between societies, cultures, nations, and so on and so forth. But societies are kind of a group of uh, many different um, ethnically um, similar or identical uh, communities that have a more structured understanding on, and a common sense of belonging. So we can, for example, if we want to, to, to stick um, yeah, to the example of Islam, uh, most prominently where did it emerge in Arabia. So when we think about Arabs, these are highly ethnically highly similar um, people that have a shared um, yeah, common sense and sense of belonging. And the interactions that those societal members among themselves um, kind of do on a daily basis, yeah, the, the interactional uh, patterns, um, we call that a culture. And then what is born out of that through this common um, through this commonality and this common understanding of how to live and the social structures that come with it, religions are born. And this definition is problematic for a lot of people because there are universalist religions that claim to be applicable to all people. And there might be. I mean, there's always a chance to apply a certain thought concept that is laid down either in, in text or in other forms uh, onto other people and other people can can uh, live according to that there's no problem in doing that and i really want to stress that this is uh, not what i mean that is some kind of exclusiveness but the way religions emerge fundamentally also define what they are in their core and that is a very important observation because in the end how religions are structured you can always see that they kind of adhere to the cultural core of the society that they were born in. So, for example, in Judaism, um, this is very prominent. Uh, in Buddhism, this is very prominent. The way the characters are looking, how they are behaving, and what kind of yeah, social interactions can be found in those texts. Uh, it's very characteristic of the uh, cultural core. And also the mentality of, yeah, the culture where it is kind of born um, and yeah, where it originated, and therefore it is very important to define religions as such, and um, then obviously you'll get a better understanding that even though religions can be applied universally if you want to, because they are originated in some sort of specific societal context. It is also this specific societal context where living according to those rules, to those religious rules, 
is actually functioning the best because it is actually designed or the the, um, the whole concept, the infrastructure of the spirituality is structured around what this society in this cultural context, in this geography is actually doing. I give you a very prominent example. Uh, the religion of Islam yeah, is based on the Holy Quran. And the Holy Quran is basically the only thing the only framework and point of reference that Muslims should adhere to. Now you take this book and re yeah, depending on where you read it and who is reading it, the interpretations are quite different. We can see this in the Arab world. For example, the uh, Shia Islam uh, lived in and uh, practiced in Iran is very different from the Anatolian uh, Islam in Turkey from the uh, Saudi Arabian Islam lived there from uh, Moroccan and um, yeah, Tunisian Islam they're all kind of differences and they're different schools uh, within uh, Islam as well yeah they are for example um, as I said the, the, the Shi'is the, the and um, the Sunnis and among the Sunnis, there are different uh, schools of, of thought. There are different schools of thought uh, within um, yeah, the Shia Islam. So the interpretation basically differs even within those actually quite culturally similar um, societies. And now we go one step further and then we look to Indonesia, uh, the biggest Muslim country in the world. And the Islam lived there is quite different from uh, what we can observe, for example, in the, in the Arab world or in North Africa. If you're a Christian, you might uh, see an analogy to the, yeah, the, the Christian divide between Catholics and um, Protestants. So there are yeah, kind of um, similarities, but this is obviously not, not so diverse. I mean, there are also obviously the the Orthodox uh, Church, but in the end, um, this is also a matter of interpretation. So basically, this is the first hint that because you have a specific cultural context and a specific geographical context of the originating story and um, history of this development, you know, of this spiritual idea and how it uh, came to the people. Um, is pretty much based or designed and tailored to that very specific context. You can use it elsewhere, but your interpretation is going to be different. And this is very important because when you understand that, you are able to kind of implement the religion as it is into your own context and apply it to it and make it work. This is some, some kind of compatibility um, issue that you would resolve there. You can see throughout history that where religions were taken out, out of their original context and tried to be applied somewhere else in the very same way, you will always have the problem that it's not compatible there. And when it is not compatible there, societal decline sets in because people are moving away from their cultural core, how they think um, deeply in their heart and um, how they were socialized through yeah, their culture basically. 
And when you apply it one on one somewhere else, it's not going to work. So you always have to take the ideas and kind of implement it into your own social and uh, cultural context, obviously. And this leads me to a more structured definition of religions, um, because religions are kind of seen or need to be seen as certain works and um, phenomena that were born out of the specific context. It also means that they are kind of cultural constitutions, so to say. Again, a term that I've uh, coined in, in, in my book and has a, it has a central role there, basically. So religions are actually, yeah, display the culture in its, uh, in its depth. And obviously you need to structure a bit, um, it a little bit more and there need to be some elements um, that need to be fulfilled in order for religion to really become a cultural manifesto or cultural uh, constitution. The first one is that those books outline a common history or a common struggle. So you will not see any religion that is kind of manifesting um, certain rules and behavior and thoughts without talking about a certain history and a certain struggle. They are not in itself reactive because they are proactive most of the time. Most religions are proactive. But nonetheless, they pick up certain structural problems that were encountered at those times and they respond to them and try to figure out how to overcome those problems, which is a constructive way. But nonetheless, they react to something or respond to something. And the common history with the common struggle, and you can see this very clearly in the, in the Torah, the um, Jewish uh, work, or, or the, the, the main foundation of, the, of Judaism, there you can see it very prominently because there's always a continuous struggle of the Jewish people throughout the book. Um, you can also see it in the, in the story of Buddha, who also kind of had a struggle or an enlightening kind of. There's always this moment in spiritual books where people overcome certain things and they turn something negative into something positive. They kind of survive and they kind of yeah, flip it around and turn it into something positive, have a learning moment. Um, very, very prominent also in Christianity with um, Jesus overcoming practically um, yeah, the, the, the crossing and then be uh, reincarnated and stuff. So there's always this moment of this near death and near collapse. And then once again, we made it. And by pointing out these things in religions or in the religious works, in the cultural constitutions, as I described them, um, there is this common struggle that keeps the community together and that bounds the community. And there's another episode of struggle. And this, again, uh, pulls people uh, closer together. And this is very important when we think about um, religions or as defining pillars of religions. Then there is uh, the, second, the second pillar, and this is that there is always a common prophecy or goal that needs to be achieved. And this is always a common thing. In Islam, this is to reach paradise, for example. And in Islam, the interpersonal relations are very important. So being a good person, being helpful, being supportive, 
all these kind of things also in in the um, realm of self-development coming together and helping each other to become better people is very prominent in islam and in order to do that or, or we do that in order to um, kind of uh, scan to, to heaven and live in paradise forever this is the common goal and therefore and you can observe this if you have a mosque somewhere or um, no matter where you live go to the closest mosque and see how people treat you and how they welcome you and see if you are not living in a uh, highly homogeneous uh, society but rather heterogeneous society you can even see it more because there might be uh, a chinese a russian um Senegalese, an Argentinian, and uh, a Norwegian Muslim side by side praying, and there's no problem whatsoever. This is a common supportive community because by supporting each other to come to paradise, everyone gains. So, this is the common prophecy, this is the common goal. Uh, in Judaism, this is to regain the Holy Land or kind of, um, yeah how can I say it, the, the goal of, of the Jewish people is to, to come back to the homeland, uh, Israel, and um, live there in peace and build paradise there, practically. Um, in Christianity, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I believe, or uh, at least it was told to me, that the um, yeah, return of Jesus um, uh, is the common goal is basically the prophecy and so on and so forth so all the other religions have also some kind of common goal something that people in this community can um, look forward to and hope and expect right these are very important elements you can see them in all religions yeah, these three pillars or these two pillars that I just uh, explained and then obviously, and uh, then there are two other pillars. Uh, the third one is also very important. It is the set of values. So each and every religion, and without them, they are not religions, right? Because they need to do it. They set out a certain, um, a certain framework of values that need to be respected. And um, as I said, in, in Islam, and many people do not know this, self-realization self-awareness and reaching kind of the self-fulfillment in order to or the self-development in order to fulfill yourself is one of the high is the highest goal on earth and this needs to be um and this can be achieved by yeah kind of uh, adhering to all the values that are set out there such as respect hard work um being humble and and so on and so forth in East Asian religions, um, for example, in China, the Confucianism or the Confucianist school uh, or a school of thought, this belief system is very um, focused on formulating those values and practically giving a recipe on how to behave, how to act and kind of how to approach life. And these values are kind of very explicitly stated there this is not the case in all religions but in every religion you will find those values some are more explicit some are more implicit for example if in, in christianity this is very prominent 
stories are told in order to kind of um, use them to explain certain values. And um, yeah, in the Confucianist uh, teachings um, and Tao Te Ching and uh, works like that, it is very explicitly stated, um, such as discipline and respect, how they can be achieved and why they are good for you and um, why, to, uh, why, do, uh, why do we adhere to them. This is very important. And then finally, and now again, we are kind of uh, coming to the end or to the, to the beginning. Um, the fourth pillar of cult cultural constitutions, aka religions, are traditions and customs. Traditions and customs are very, very important because they are kind of the physical translation of all the thoughts of this belief system. These are the materialized forms of thoughts embodying practically what the religion is trying to tell you. So, if Islam is telling you, you should live healthy, you should live a healthy life, there are so many different ways to interpret that. But in order to make you live a healthy life, Islam prescribes prescribes you to pray five times a day. Five times a day, you'll have 10 minutes, 15 minutes, where you do exercise. This helps your mobility. This helps your cardiovascular system. To 99% of the Muslims, this is just a tradition. This is just some sort of uh, a movement, a spiritual or kind of a spiritual description that you need to do. But what it actually does, it is the translation of what is saying in the book about healthiness translated into your daily life without you knowing, basically. Um, if Islam tells you to be thankful, you can say, okay, I'm thankful. Thank you for everything I have. Thank you uh, for being able uh, to sit here and do this podcast and, and talk to you and try to explain certain things. Thank you for uh, making me able to write this book. Everything fine. But do you really mean it? How can the book make sure that you respect what is being said there? It says, one month a year you should fast. Because then the physical exercise of fasting makes you... Uh, makes you thankful. And this is the beauty and the importance of customs and traditions. Over the centuries, many customs, many traditions, many kind of behavioral patterns, they become routine. For a lot of people, they just become routine. Not much meaning attached. The book says it, I have to do it. But behind that, there's a very specific translation of the words that are being said that make you sure to, to exercise those things and translate it into your life. And as I said, these were uh, just, just very few examples. And therefore, traditions and customs need to be honored. Um, they, uh, if you uh, truly believe and... Um, want to be a good good person within that cultural constitution, you should do them. Or otherwise, if you really know what they're meant to do and you embody them, right? 
then um, yeah, it becomes just an integral part without you actually needing yourself to be uh, needing yourself um, to, uh, to discipline yourself to do them. So in the end, it is just to make sure that you actually understood what is going on in the book and that you apply it to your daily life. And then again, as I said, we're coming back to the beginning. This is the, uh, the reason why fasting is, is so important to Muslims, why it strengthens the community and um, why the Muslim world is one of the... Yes, we can, we can say that, that Muslims are one of um, the few societies that still can truly, independently and uh, wholeheartedly live their culture um, they're very they take great pride in it they have no problem defending it and this is a great great thing um, which i uh, admire and i'm very proud um, to belong to and obviously this is due to things like those traditions that uh, muslims generally honor um, but as i said These are just the translations of what the book is saying or what the ideas behind the book um, try to tell you. The main things are the common struggle, the common prophecy, the common values. If you know them, if you adhere to them, if you apply them, then you're good to go. Then thumbs up to you. And then you'll also understand that the specifics of certain uh, traditions and customs are not so much important as to understand these three things and apply it to your own um, social setting. I'm going to um, make more episodes on the topic of religions. I'm planning on also going into the structural deficiencies of the three Abrahamic uh, religions. A very controversial topic, to be honest, um, but I'm quite sure that I'm going to do Uh, three distinct episodes, one on Judaism, one on Christianity and one of Islam. So I'm going to uh, make, yeah, I'm going to basically criticize all three of them or not criticize. Criticizing is a bit too harsh. Uh, I'm going to discuss the structural deficiencies. Um, yeah, plain and simple. It's very neutral, actually. And I'm going to do it obviously on the basis of, of um, yeah, goodwill. So uh, yeah, no hurt feelings there. And um, today, my definition of religions, um, I presented to you right now. I hope you liked it. And um, if you have any topic suggestions, obviously, um, please drop a comment, write me an email um, or find another way to reach out to me, social media accounts, whatever. Acido um, Magazine on Twitter and uh, Instagram. So thank you very much for listening. And to all Muslims out there, have a happy, thoughtful and peaceful month of Ramadan. So, take care and goodbye.